1: With Alex Golden and Michael Fachi. Ball loose.
0: Give me one. Lance.
1: Give
2: me Lance. one Lance. Stevenson ties it with 1.6. Duarte, he knows where the clock is, lets it
0: fly, and hits again! Halliburton at the buzzer. Captain Ray. Pooch with another one! Brogdon goes inside and Turner finishes! Halliburton
2: leaves it off for Batazi. Go go! Job. Oh, what a move by Heald, he only lays it in. Healed. hotter than fish grease. Dropped it off to Jalen Smith with the poster.
3: Jackson the
2: catch, Jackson the basket. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal, out running is Brissett. Pounds it all. it to Taylor. Taylor missed it, tips it in. Warren lets it climb. Yes! T.J.
0: Halliburton gonna slam it at the
3: other end. What is going on, Pacer Nation? We are one week away from the NBA draft, and here to talk with me today is my co-host, the
2: one and only Michael J. Fachi. Faci,
3: what's going on, brother?
2: Hey, I am doing well, but a week from now, I'm hoping I'm doing really well because yeah. oh man, as yes, each day goes by, and we start to hear little trades going on, the 26th picks being traded. Man, I'm hoping we're inching our way up to the good stuff.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to see what happens here. I'm just kind of nervous because I want the Pacers to make the right pick. There's guys that I have, you know, preference wise over other players. So I'm hoping the guys that I'm preferring are the guys we pick. But with that being said, it's going to be a fun podcast today. Focci. We've got the one and only Michael Scotto from Hoopsite on. I think this is going to be a great listen for all of our fans.
2: Scotto always a a fun listen. Always someone someone who knows his stuff. He's gonna sprinkle some humor in there. He's got some great sayings. So you know someone who he's a great listen overall. That I know you guys are (laughs) gonna enjoy. But the man's connected. You know he knows some rumblings going on, and you're gonna like what he hears, what he's got to say.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now I, I enjoy Michael Scotto. He's a he's a cool dude, and I'll just say like you know as a person, I really just like him overall. Just a really nice guy. Always so humble and kind when he comes on the show, and goes a little bit longer than we asked for. So really appreciate that. But um, Focci, anything else
2: we need to hit on before we get into this? Yeah. You know, Alex, you had a tweet yesterday that got some people buzzing a bit. They were wondering, well, what do you know? Well, Alex, I'm going to just, I'm just going to lob it up for you and kind of let the people know a little bit.
3: Okay. So, so obviously I tweeted, I said, don't count the Pacers out yet when it comes to Jalen Smith. And I'll tell you why I'm setting the pace. So, just kind of want to throw this out here. Uh, I'm not a reporter, just so anybody wonders. I'm I never report anything. I never try to report anything. I know there's been some confusion re- uh, recently of people saying, well, you're a reporter and you're always so like biased. I'm not a reporter. Okay, I'm just going to put it this way. When me and Fauci were recording on Tuesday night, I get a I get a message on my phone and it says, "Look who's at this restaurant," and I and I look at the picture and, and sure enough, Rick Carlisle and Jalen Smith are out having dinner in Indianapolis recently. So I thought, okay, that's pretty interesting. You know, obviously we know he's up for this big contract. These two guys are meeting up. The, The person that was there at the restaurant sent me this message. They also said there were some interesting things that they were talking about, but I felt like that was not appropriate to share. So I can't say that. But what I will say, it was important things that would maybe factor into a player Wanting to be here or not, so I, I think that the conversations were there. I mean, they were out and open and public. I checked with a friend of mine to make sure that they thought it was okay that I shared this, and they said they were in a public setting. If they were spotted, then you're good to share this. Um, with that being said, I also um, I also have heard from inside the Pacers that they do really like Jalen Smith. It's no doubt they want them. They want him back. So I think they're trying to do whatever they can to make it work. This was not talked about at all in the conversations, but I'm just speculating. I wonder if a starting position guaranteed Fachi would make him a little bit more intrigued to be here, whether that's with Turner or not. Then it kind of seems like the Turner rumors are heating up. If they drafted a Keegan Murray type of player, would that make a lot of sense for Jalen Smith to start next to him? I could see it um, just because they have to do something special to guarantee him uh, something. So he'll want to come here on a cheaper deal potentially. So with that being said, he was out to dinner with Rick Carlisle. I'm not going to say the restaurant. I know it was downtown Indianapolis. It was confirmed. I know exactly where it's at. And I know from what I told you guys, that there is definitely a lot of interest from the Pacers side of things to keep him here. And they're pretty much trying to pull out all the stops that the can. So that, that to me, I'm just, I'm just saying don't count them out yet because they're giving their best sales pitch.
2: Absolutely. When you sent me that picture, and I, I can vouch, I've seen the picture, I, I saw it. I was like, I know that pale, bald head anywhere. That's Rick Carlisle right there. <laughs> and I, I knew it. And I was like, oh, wow. And you're like, yeah, it's Jalen Smith. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it just got me really excited to know that it's like they're trying. The yeah. You're trying. Don't know exactly what was said over there. But, hey, you know, maybe that is some of that leveraging of, look, we're going to give you every opportunity to shine. This, You know these players. You know what it's like playing with a guy like Tyrese Halliburton who can get you going. And that's something that a lot of teams can't offer. One thing that would be ironic if the Pacers ended up making a sign trade and all of a sudden DeAndre Ayton's here, and now Jalen Smith's like, Together. I together. They together. They can play together. They can play together at that point. But, no, that would just be ironic. But you, know, you made a, a great point over there that, look, you know, not to say that anything's ever promised, but they would give them every opportunity to be able to start right over there. The Pacers have the need. Jalen Smith, look, familiar with, with the coaches, the organization, everything. All that has to play into effect if – the, you know, the offers are similar. And maybe it's even a, a one-year deal within the opportunity at that point to sign a new deal after that. You know, who knows what it is. Maybe it's if Jalen Smith's going to bet on himself in a situation that he's familiar with, it might not be that risky of a bet. But yeah. at the same point, hey, we got a lot, a lot to find out, but it was a great sign that got me fired
3: up. Well, and I want to bring this up too. I forgot to mention this as well. If you've noticed that there's been a lot of guys that have stayed back to work out inside oh. uh, the Pacers facilities. It's Dwayne Washington Jr., O'Shea set Tyrese Halliburton. We've seen TJ McConnell in that mix as well. I think Gabe York's been there. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. Buddy's been there or not, but one player, I think Isaiah Jackson's been there, but one player I have not seen is Jalen Smith. So the fact that Jalen Smith came to Indianapolis to have this lunch or dinner, excuse me, with Rick Carlisle, I think that shows that he is somewhat interested mm-hmm. in what they have to say. And number two, look, right now it's the middle of, draft season, right? So, I mean, there's no, there's no aggregating, there's no um, tampering, I guess you could call it in terms of Rick Carlisle having a dinner with a player that's currently on his roster. So there's no tampering involved in that, but I think it's important to know that, Hey, look, Carlisle took him out to dinner to talk with him about some important things in the middle of draft in the middle of the process of the draft. So I'm just throwing it out there. You know, I was going to tweet it about it, but, and I was going to tweet the picture as well like i should just share it on here so people have an idea of what i heard maybe i can explain myself a little bit better instead of coming across as like this egomaniac on twitter i'm just letting you know like someone brought it to my attention i trust this person 100 there's picture evidence of it so that's the only reason i'm bringing it up i just thought it was interesting um b- because for sure Jalen smith is somebody that we all want back here for the pacers so uh i guess it's just great to see that they're putting out all the stops i guess to uh, try to woo him back to indiana for lesser
2: money. Hey, making Jalen Smith a priority, I think is a very smart move to let this guy know, hey, you mean a lot to us and you can be a very big part of what we're doing moving forward. Meanwhile, there's some other teams where you don't know, maybe they throw a little bit more money, but, but how consistent of a role will he have? I don't know. So I, I just, I'm excited about the situation, but also going back to what you said about the players working out together. Alex, I don't remember that in recent years. I remember hearing things like Malcolm Brogdon had dinner with a couple guys and things like that. But that's also a name I haven't seen involved in the group. Yeah, I've been seeing Brogdon playing with, with the guys at practices. You know, look, maybe he's just not making the photos. I don't know. But <laughs> I would say it's, it's, it could be a bit of a sign. We'll leave it at that, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, if the guys want to be away and do what they want to do during the offseason, I have no problem with that. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis was never really in Indianapolis mm-hmm. during the offseason. Uh, Miles Turner is chilling. I think he's in Las Vegas right now. He's at one of the Aces game not too long ago. So, you know, these guys can do what they want to do. But we're going to hear more about Malcolm and Miles here, Focci, um in our next segment with the one and only Michael Scott. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this.
0: That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.
3: Joining us now on Setting the Pace, he is no stranger. I think he's a third-time guest now. Joining us from the Hoops Hype podcast and Hoops Hype, it is the one and only Michael Scotto. Michael, thanks so much for joining us, man.
4: Hey, what's up, fellas? Always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> definitely wanted to carve out a little bit of time here and this craziness a week before the draft to chat with you guys. You always ask good questions. I enjoy your pods. You think you had uh, Lance on and O'Sha- Lance Stevenson and O'Shea Brissett, So those are some fun <laughs> interviews. Um, happy to be on and, and
3: chat Pacers and NBA draft stuff with you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. So let's, let's get right into it here with our topics. Obviously, with the draft coming around, there's a lot of buzz now getting louder about the Pacers, what they could do with both Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon as a Pacer fan though, it does be kind of come, you know, falling on deaf ears because we've heard these Miles Turner trade rumors for probably like the last five years, but um, <laughs> it seems like it could be more legit this time because it's on that expiring deal and the team's kind of going into rebuild. So what are you hearing on the Miles Turner's front?
4: I mean, what's interesting about that, Alex is, I mean, I've spoken to Miles about this, I believe on a hoopside podcast, um, you know, X amount of episodes ago. But it, all that rumors, all those rumors that he hears, it's almost like second nature to him at this point. He's been hearing that since the second year in the league, like you talked about. I think the thing that's interesting now is, first of all, with with Indiana, like, looking more towards a rebuild, even though they say it's, it's not so much, is that Miles is still young. Miles is 26. He's still in the prime of his career. So you could potentially put him in that type of a, a rebuild situation for him. And I mean, I'll touch on this in the next mock draft update on Hoopsite that's coming out, but I'll give you a little, little preview as to what's coming. Um, Miles would love to play with Tyrese Halliburton because Tyrese Halliburton would represent the first pass first point guard and a guy that could really spread the floor for him that, that he's had in his career. Um, you know, he, it's no secret he's wanted a, a little bit of a bigger role and with DeMontis Sabonis gone to Sacramento he would have that opportunity to really expand his game a little bit more um certainly there are plenty of teams out there that could use a center um you know the Charlotte Hornets are always one that comes up for Miles Turner that that's like the the great flirtation it's like when you're in high school and you're you're passing notes to somebody to tell a girl that you you like her or something it's like and we just get to the dance already that rumor (laughs) has been out there for far too long but um you know miles turner you mentioned malcolm brogdon as well um you know there had been some speculation out there about the washington wizards being involved with malcolm brogdon and i think that that's interesting in the sense that i think theoretically if indiana could get the 10th pick of some in in some kind of a trade package for brogdon i think that'd be a home run for Mm -hmm. them I don't know if that's uh, gonna be something that is ever going to be offered, but just if, if, if I'm Indiana and, and that's there, I would ask for it for sure. Um, you know, I think Turner's value, I could see a scenario where Turner, if Indiana's not getting the offers they want, has him start the year and they could wait to move him by the deadline. The biggest hindrance to him being moved last year was that he got hurt. A lot of teams that were playoff uh, teams were looking at him and unfortunately, when he got hurt, and the uncertainty of whether he would be back or not, which he ended up not being back, uh, really put the kibosh on on those talks. I think his value, you know, you don't have him as long as you would have last year. It would have been more than just a rental. You're going to have to pay him eventually. Is he going to command, you know, twenty plus million dollars with the new uh, cap expected to rise down the line with the new TV deal? Many executives are projecting that um around the league so that's also getting factored in as well but brogdon I, I think there's been just as much out there on brogdon being available as as turner to be honest with you um especially once once indiana got tyrese halliburton it's like all right they're giving him the keys to the porsche man
2: you know you, you brought up some great points over there uh you know turner the rumors have been there for forever but you know we're starting to hear you know, the Charlotte rumors. I'm with you. Just go on a date already. But at the same point, you know, we got to get something back in return. But over here now, we're starting to hear a little bit of rumblings that Miles Turner could be one of the centerpieces in a sign and trade with the Suns for DeAndre Ayton. Do you believe that those rumors have any legs? Because it feels like Ayton isn't going back to Phoenix. You know, I think that's interesting.
4: I think this is what I would say about DeAndre and situation. When it becomes crystal clear that phoenix is willing to do a sign and trade for him and move on from i think they're going to be a boatload of teams that are interested because he's still young and i i think teams know obviously they're going to have to pay a max contract to get him and pry him from phoenix because they've shown a reluctancy to go that high to this point dating back to when they could have extended him before the season and there were some uh tensions internally there once that didn't happen from ayton and his camp uh specifically as far as indiana I, I mean look i think you could try to make that happen that would be the logical piece same thing with what, like the hawks had been linked well Clint capella would certainly be in that um you know in, in those type of talks if they come to fruition it's just the logical stuff at that point um because phoenix is going to need another center to replace eight and if they elect to move on from him um, you know, Portland, I think, is certainly a team that's been out there. Detroit as well. Um, interesting at that, whereas Detroit has more cap space than some of these other teams. Indiana does as well. How much does that factor in at all to any of this um, at that point in trying to make a sign and trade? I I think if you're um, Phoenix, you could do a lot worse than getting Miles Turner back at the, I I think Turner's a really good player and he'd be a good fit for them. He spaces the floor. He can block shots at an elite level. He is up there with Rudy Gobert as the best, if not one of the best shot blockers in the league. Um, Question with him has always been health. Um, I think in this week leading up to the draft now, I think more of the smoke is going to clear and what's real is going to get out there very quickly. If not by the draft, uh within a day or two after that I would surmise. Um and you know, a lot of that language will be uh you know, expected or things like that, but you know how it is guys, the whispers get a lot louder at that point leading up to it. It's it's always been that way for sure.
3: Yeah, and you have to be careful what you, you know, take in as serious, you know, reporting or not, because there's a lot of people out there that like to put things out there. And that's why you have to trust the source that you're listening to. And honestly, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of smoke going around just because teams are trying to get leverage in terms of deals and that kind of stuff. So well, teams, teams and agents too, Alex, I mean, it's a two way yeah. street. I
4: mean, I had done uh, just for your listeners, you know, if you if you Google uh, smoke screen, hoops hype, let's just throw those two keywords in there. I did a story on that about agents and execs leaking stuff to reporters and how they go about it um both sides do it for sure everybody's trying to get leverage to a certain extent i think there's truth in a lot of things that do get out there but i think there's an angle towards it that does get out so um you always got to look at that for sure
3: yeah so so no doubt about it but i want to ask you a little bit now about this draft obviously there are some reports that came out yesterday from i think jonathan gavoni that Jaden Ivey does not want to play in Sacramento. Looks like Indiana, OKC, and Sacramento are the teams that are most interested in potentially trying to move up to get him. We've talked about it a little bit before. The Pacers and the Kings making another blockbuster trade doesn't seem like the most realistic. But what would it take for Indiana to to potentially jump Detroit and, and get to four and make a swap here with Sacramento? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's a bad
4: fit. I think it would have to be an impact player. Um, and I think, you know, Miles Turner, they're not going to do that with Sabonis <laughs> Indiana already tried that. Turbonus 2.0. <laughs> yeah, I just, um, I, I think, you know, what's interesting though with Jaden Ivey, the Sacramento stuff didn't surprise me at all. They have De'Aaron Fox there. You have, you know, Davion Mitchell that they drafted. Jaden Ivey's is a point guard of the future type of guy. A guy that could be an all-star one day you don't want him going on a team that already has a guy that's making max money and like the aaron fox that didn't surprise me at all i think what would be even more interesting is if um he fell to like detroit but you know can he and cade cunningham sh- share the ball and even in indiana tyrese halliburton is there you know tyrese is clearly the guy uh i, I don't know if that would be like a great fit either so you know, it, it kind of makes the board a little interesting. The top three have widely been Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, and, and Paolo Bancaro. And, and I had, you know, at the end of last week, I had mentioned this, that executives around the league felt with Houston, that they were going with Paolo Bancaro at three if he was there as projected. Um, and that Christian Wood was gonna be gone. Lo and behold, a few days later, it happens. Um, so I think for Indiana, when I look at them at six, they are going to have some interesting decisions. You know, for example, Shaden Sharp, I think, is one of the biggest wild cards in the draft because he, we didn't see him play. But yet, the guy was projected as a potential, you know, top five pick in next year's draft if he would have stood at Kentucky. So, and he, you know, he got a chance to go on the court. Now, that's a heck of a home run swing if you're Indiana and, and you're really, you know, putting. I don't want to say you're putting your job on the line with that, but considering Indiana's past and the way they've been, um, that would be a a real swing for the fences there with with that. I think they're going to have to look at, uh, you know, Benedict Matherin was there. I think um, we'll be on the board for them. You know, Buddy Heald, I I don't think long-term is necessarily the answer there. I think if they could go younger, um, I mean, maybe they keep Buddy down the line but as far as having a long-term guy you know he could shoot the ball but i don't think it would perturb them from looking at guys like benedict matherin aj griffin from duke um was a big jimmy butler fan if uh, if any of you want to check that out we did a quick little interview on hoops hype there but um i i think they've got a lot of dominoes in play there and and certainly if keegan murray fell to them Um, I honestly think that would be a really intriguing fit next to Miles Turner. Both guys can spread the floor. Um, you know, you would have miles certainly at the five and Keegan at the four, you would have that locked in It wouldn't be necessarily interchangeable with the way it was with Sabonis. A lot of moving parts on the board for Indiana. And I think when you look at the draft overall, truthfully, if you talk to most like executives, let's say it starts at four with Sacramento and- You know, I've heard the stuff about Vivek wanting Keegan Murray as well. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say how true that is ultimately. But regardless, the point being at four, that's when the draft is going to start. Sacramento is certainly, you know, of those high top five picks, a team that you look at and you say they could move that pick. They are trying desperately to get out of the I don't want to call it the consolation bracket like it's fantasy football, but they want to get out of the lottery, you know, and they've had this long streak and they've been so desperate to try to get out of it and make the playoffs. It's why they did the Montes Sabonis deal and they gave up on Tyrese Halliburton, the one guy that wanted to be in Sacramento and wanted to move forward. Um, I really think the draft starts at four with Sacramento and then it's a domino effect um, from there for sure.
2: You, know, you, you made a couple of great points over there. One, I think if you're Indiana, Tyrese Halliburton is the only player that should be untouchable right now. I think everybody else should be available. Two, I mean, look, it is smoke screen, you know, season right now. It, it's going on. You don't know what's gonna happen, but it feels like just like you said, at four, that's when the fun begins. So The Pacers are hoping, you know, and I selfishly am for Benedict Matherin at six. But also, you know, you you don't know where Keegan Murray, he could fall, he could go at four. But who are the serious teams that could be trading up with Sacramento to get that fourth overall pick? Any rumblings that you're hearing? I mean, I think you'd have to keep an eye. I've been
4: personally just keeping an eye on Atlanta. Because I think Atlanta has a guy that potentially could be an impact now player and is still young in John Collins. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for Sacramento that fourth pick could, could get a player of that caliber. I believe it. Um, That's who I'm keeping my, my antennas up for a little bit. Um, There are certainly other teams that are talking with Sacramento about that pick for sure. Um, The other teams certainly, Portland, um, certainly exploring the market for that seven pick. The Pelicans at eight as well have been taking calls and listening. I had reported that in one of my previous mock drafts, um, the aggregate mock on hoop type. And I think even like we touched on a little bit earlier in this podcast, Washington at 10, they want a point guard. That is the goal this offseason. Now, whether that's going to come via trade with Malcolm Brogdon or in my opinion, um, if Dyson Daniels can fall to 10, I think he'd be an intriguing draft option for them. Fits a lot of needs that they want defensively. Um, and at that point guard position at that, to take some of the pressure off of Brad Beal on defense can get him the ball. Um, you know, I know there's been some of those because they're, uh, both from the same area, you know, little Josh Giddy comparisons. I don't know if I'll go that far yet, but I think Dyson Daniels is certainly an intriguing prospect for them at 10. Other than that, as far as trade um, partners, I would just look at in general. Charlotte, one of those two first-round picks is getting dangled uh, for whatever they can get better to have a, a more immediate impact. Um, and I think uh, that's those are some good teams to keep an eye on for sure in those spots right now that at least yeah. you hear a lot more buzz about from – talking with executives around the
3: league and even agents as well that have guys in the draft pretty high. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating to think about the Hawks moving up to four because I was, I'm not sure if I love the idea of Trey young and Jaden Ivy together. I think it's interesting to a certain degree, but I think there's a lot of defensive problems there for that team moving forward with those. Maybe two they guys. don't take Ivy though.
2: That's what I was going to say. Well, he yeah, that's they the don't idea. take so, Ivy.
4: Listen, Alex, let me tell you this. Yeah. To me, Jaden is like the fourth best prospect overall, but in terms of fit, that's where it becomes an interesting dynamic and an interesting conversation to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, look, even for Indiana, I know given where he went to school, like, Hey, that wouldn't be a bad, like kind of story there, but is he a fit with Tyrese Halliburton? I mean, I know Tyrese played with Darren Fox, but Tyrese really looked like a guy that had all-star potential down the line. Oh yeah. yeah. When he had the ball in his hands full time, so you want to
3: take that away from him? I don't. Yeah, I think for me though, with with Jaden Ivey and why I'm kind of intrigued by him is I think he can play off ball. I don't think he has to be an on ball player all the time. And I think that Tyrese is such a willing passer, and he's got link to him. He's not a small guy, so you know Tyrese being a little bit bigger of a point guard, I think it does make sense to put them together because the Pacers really they just need more athleticism on this roster. And I think that that is what Jaden Ivey is, is that change of pace dynamic guard that could really fit them. And, and, and the thing between them and Atlanta and, and Sacramento as well, the paces, they're, they're going through a rebuild no matter how you want to put it. So the Atlanta Hawks are trying to win games. Sacramento's trying to win games. I don't think the paces are worried too much about overall fit right now as they're trying to just accumulate the best talent. Um, instead of trying to go down that path of, hey, let's get the best five to help us, you know, be a mediocre team and be a play-in tournament team. That's kind of where
2: I'm leaning towards the Jaden Ivy stuff. Also, one thing I just want to say is, you know, Michael, you got to take it from our perspective. We've been hurt before. We've had players like Paul George want out. You know, Victor Oladipo, Jaden Ivey, all signs point to he wants to be here. And then when you look at Shaden Sharp, the talent's there. But I don't know if his commitment to wanting to be in Indiana is there. Hasn't been in for a workout. Haven't heard many rumblings of where he wants to be other than OKC. So if you're the Pacers and you've been in a situation where you've had star players come and go, do you value more the player that wants to be there? Or do you continue to roll the dice on maybe, you know, the best talent there, hoping that maybe four or five years can convince them to stay?
4: You take the best player available because ultimately that's the best asset you're going to have, whether it's on the court for a short amount of time or you can try to compete, or if you have to flip the guy mm-hmm. down the line and get assets, look at what they got back for Paul George. Those guys were pretty good players. And I think mm-hmm. that's always where you need to be. And, you know, Shaden Sharp saying he wants, you know, he likes OKC's development system. Yeah, it was second overall pick too. I'd want to, yeah, yeah, yeah get you a little get. bit more money to it. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm saying that like everything is selectively said for a reason. And there are other reasons why some prospects say, I'm not going to comment where I've gone to work out and things like that. And like Ben Matherin, you know, mentioned that he worked out for three teams and the was one of them. Yeah. I mean, those are the only three.
3: Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it is.
4: There's other workouts that could happen the week of sometimes you hear that too. And they're, they're on the low.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is interesting. I remember last year we were, just looking to find different players to have on our podcast and talk with them. And some of them just wouldn't come on and they declined because they were just like, ah, we don't want to be attached to Indiana at that it's pick, you know? So it's, it's all about positioning yourself. So I do think that's interesting, but uh, I guess we can kind of transition a little bit here to Buddy Heal. Obviously this is a name that a lot of fans think is going to stay on the team for next year and then see what they can get for him. Cause he does have a decent sized contract, but overall I mean do you you anticipate the Pacers looking to move him or do you think they like him enough just to keep him on and kind of be that veteran leader
4: I mean he's a guy that could be had doesn't mean that they're quote-unquote shopping him I don't know about that I think the closer he gets towards you know the deadline and then you're looking his contract is not as you know this is what cracks me up about the contract stuff in the beginning Right? When a guy signs a massive, like, four year deal, then it's like, oh, it's an albatross. And then you get two years in and it's like, ah, oh, you can move it. You can move it. <laughs> yeah. It's not that bad. It's okay. Um, and the cap's going up too, which makes it look better. Um, he's certainly a serviceable player and a shooter. Um, you know, last year when people were looking at Eric Gordon, Buddy Heald, and looking at two guards on the market, where else were you looking? Um, you know, I think Buddy it, it can be serviceable for Indiana. Um, but like I said, long term, I think. You'll know a lot in the next couple of days. If they end up taking, you know, Benedict Matherin or AJ Griffin, eh, writings on the
2: wall. Erwell could be, but yeah, another free no, not another free agent, but a guy that is gonna have some some suitors, in my opinion who I thought played really well in the second half of the year. Jalen Smith, due to a very specific NBA rule, the Pacers are only able to offer him around $4.7 million per year. I feel that he outperformed that offer. And in an off season where the free agent class isn't strong and the Pacers right. do have the third most cap space, there's obstacles for Jalen re-signing with the Pacers. Do you what, what kind of market do you feel that he could have or any teams that could be interested in him?
4: He's an interesting guy, man. I think, I think you hit hit it on the head in the sense that it is a weak market. I could see him getting more than that number than Indiana can go. I had, um, I did, a I did a Pacers podcast with, uh, Scott Agnes who came on and he was projecting him to be more than that. I think somewhere, I don't know if it was the non taxpayer or the taxpayer mid level, but somewhere in that range. Um, I think it's interesting. So I, you know, a lot of these teams that have cap space may not get the guy that they want. So, do you throw a little bit more at a younger guy? Th- this is the other thing. He's a younger guy, a lot yeah. of upside there. And if you can lock a guy into a three-year deal, you get the bird rights. Then you really are cooking because then you can have a guy under your control for longer. Um, I think a lot of people around the league, once he started to play with Phoenix, were a little surprised. Like. They really didn't pick up this guy's option like what was you know for one more year what else were you going to do but um you know at the same time here here we are it's a ironically it's a good problem in a way for indiana to have because it shows he played well for them but to lose a guy like that would be tough i think he could be a part of their um rebuild going forward um he's got some versatility to his game um and i think that he was just starting to scratch the surface I'm curious if you're another team, given the Intel you hear on him, is he got like, you know, the Intel out of Phoenix at first wasn't great. Then he goes to Indiana and he changes the narrative. So was it the Intel or was it the
3: situation? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I definitely think it was probably a situation just because of where the paces were at. Freedom to play, freedom to have that opportunity to showcase what he can do, and probably a little bit of a different system as well. So, you know, I think all that stuff kind of plays into it. But as uh, for me, my last question here for you, Mike, uh, I'm just kind of curious. There's been a lot of rumblings recently that the, the Pistons have a lot of interest in Benedict Matherin. Uh, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm curious, what are you hearing on, on their front and potentially what are you hearing on the Pacers front when it comes to who they like in the draft?
4: I think it's all conjecture and smokescreen at this point. Um, usually... I would say you're not going to really find out the truth till a couple of days before. I think teams try to keep that as quiet as possible. Mm-hmm. I think Benedict Matherin is certainly somewhere in the consideration of five for Detroit. Is he their guy? I don't know that. I think there could be some other guys ahead of him there. Um, Detroit, I'm curious if they would, uh, you know, from what I had heard at one point, Shaden and Sharp and. Um, Benedict Matherin and, and was one other guy, I forget who it was. They were in a, in a group workout in Detroit. So whoever did better in that workout probably separated themselves. And, you know, uh, there's been some rumblings a little bit about and Sharp's workout performances. I think for Indiana at six, I think Ben could be there. And I think he'd be an intriguing guy for them. Um, I think it'd be interesting given the fact that they do have Chris Duarte there as well. But, um, and they have got buddy again, I think if you go that route, you got to look to potentially make a move and, um, disperse that cluttered backcourt, but in the end, he's going to have plenty of good options. I think AJ Griffin's going to be there from Duke. I think he'll be on the board that they could look at if they want to look at a wing. Um, and you know, if a guy like Keegan Murray fell to them, I think that would be a really intriguing fit for them with miles Turner. Um, and I would make the case that – I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I would make the case that with Keegan Murray and Miles Turner, you should see what that looks like a little bit. Mm-hmm. Give it, you know, 20-something games and see if it if it looks good because I think they would complement each other really well, and along with Tyrese.
2: I do think that there is a large part of Pacer Nation that wants to see Halliburton and Turner together, like you mentioned before, because Tyrese Halliburton was averaging about 10 assists with, with you know – anyone on the team last year. And it was getting bare bone. No Brogdon, no Turner. You know, we had traded, you know, obviously Sabonis, no TJ Warren. He was making it happen. So I, I do think that Turner would flourish with uh, Tyrese Halliburton. However, you know, out here, I mean, Twitter is getting crazy over here. We're throwing bows over here, trying to fight off Lakers fans, but they can't stop talking about dumping Russell Westbrook to the Pacers for in a package like Brogdon healed. And you know how Lakers fans are. They're crazy. They're delusional at times, but can you try and put some of this to rest that we are not taking Russell Westbrook off their hands or what do you think the Lakers do with Russ this off season?
4: I think Russ, um, well, tell me Indiana. Nah, I, oh, no, I don't see Indiana. I, <laughs> I don't, I think, you know, I think for Russell Westbrook, I, I don't mean to make you nervous there, but I think for Russell Westbrook, like, if you're the Lakers, too, it's not the worst thing in the world if he just comes off the books in Next a year. year. Yeah, that's I, I a agree of, that. That's a lot of casters. I don't think people talk about that um, enough. One thing I wanted to say, uh, mention to you guys also about Miles Turner, I think needs to be said. Miles Turner loves Indiana. And I think sometimes when people hear this guy's name and trade rumors or hear that he wants a bigger role, they may infer something different. That's not the case. Miles Turner loves Indiana. I just want to put that out there like as a fact. So if he does get moved, uh, you know, he's got an opportunity where he could have a bigger role. He could have all the things he always wanted. Um, but I think if he gets moved, that's a decision by management more so than any possibility of miles being like, I don't want to be here. You know, yeah. miles, miles really likes Indiana. He wants to play with Tyrese and see what it could look like. I think it would be a good fit.
3: Yeah. I think, I think Jake Fisher, in one of his recent articles this week basically just said that, Turner is looking to, you know, become an unrestricted free agent next offseason So he can kind of explore and, and see what else is out there. And that could be what ends up pushing the Pacers to move him. In my opinion, just because, you know, if they're going to lose him in free agency, might as well move him before he becomes an asset. They can't really control.
4: You got to ask yourself, Alex, do you want to pay? If you're in the end, you know, can I see a scenario on the low end, on the absolute low end, Miles Turner is a, at minimum, and I mean a minimum, $15 million. You're probably looking, he's at like 18, even with the injury history. He's 18 now. Can he get to $20 million plus with a good season? Absolutely. And on top of that, the cap is going up. I can't stress this enough, guys. Yeah. Look at what happened. I'm not saying it's going to get this crazy, but look what happened when Mozgov and Ken Bazemore got paid. I mean, that. That 2016
2: uh, was, was the most ridiculous offseason. <laughs> what I mean. a year
4: to be a free agent, you know? But <laughs> – yeah so my thing is like i think indiana just has to decide if they want to be in that 20 million dollar ish range for miles turner long term if they want to they could keep him, but if not then i think they'll look to flip and try to reallocate that money elsewhere and see what assets they can get back now remember guys i touched on this even last year on hoopside but they wanted the equivalent of two first round picks for him when he was healthy or a first round pick and a really good young player now he's going to be on an expiring contract how willing are they to go down on that evaluation a little bit for Indiana? Obviously, all teams view their own guys more so than others around the league, but that's going to be a big question for a guy that's in a, in a contract year. And, and the fact that he wants to hit the open market, that's also going to give teams a little bit of pause. If you're trading for the guy, you're almost like, well, if he's not going to do an extension anyway, and doesn't really seem open to that, how much am I willing to give up here?
3: That's That that to me is why the Aiton situation makes sense because maybe both parties get what they want out of it, Um, especially if Aiton wants to come to Indiana. You get that young player who was the number one overall pick not too long ago. You do pay him a lot of money, but you don't usually have the money, nor do players usually want to come to Indiana. So that to me makes some sense. And I think for Turner, him going to a winning environment could really help him. And I think it was reported that he can actually sign an extension at any time throughout the season. So if he's clicking really well with Phoenix and they like him, maybe they agree to an extension in the middle of the season. I think that, to me, is the
2: only, like, pro if he does want to get moved or the team wants to move off.
3: Yeah.
4: I mean, my only talks when
2: it comes to that stuff. It's a four-year, $97 million extension that he's eligible for. So it's right around in that, like, $23 million raise uh, range. So it's, it's about a $5 million raise if everything works out. Still significantly lower than what Phoenix would be looking at for an eight and deal, so I could see it work, you know, making sense for on both ends over there. But definitely going to be something to monitor for sure,
4: absolutely, guys. Okay, All right, I gotta, I gotta Go leave you
2: with this, I, 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 one thing I've been dying to say to you is ever since you came on our show, you dropped the line, Beauty is in the eye of the <laughs> beholder, and I <laughs> Alex never stopped using it. It's like i hear it almost you know once a week once every two weeks or so so you know hey it's his favorite line so we got to thank you
4: look beauty beauty is in the eye of the beholder whether it's talent evaluation whether it's it's, you. you know you're you're out you know on in the dating world whether you're on hinge or bumble the beauty in the eye of the beholder works for a lot of things fellas um you know, you keep, keep that one under your half, folks. <laughs> I just
2: hope it works for Malcolm Brogdon because someone's got to see that.
3: <laughs> I tweeted that out yesterday. I tagged you in it. I said, as my friend Mike Scotto would say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Look, a lot of teams might not like him with his injury history, but it only takes one. And there's 29 other teams. So that's all that matters to me is like, it just takes one team to buy into him and give you the deal that you need, right?
4: I'll tell you this. If Washington was ever going to offer the 10th pick in any form, I would have took that deal two days ago.
3: Yeah. Well, it might have to come to draft day to see what happens. You know what I mean? I'm just saying.
4: Oh, everybody waits. They all, so guys, just one thing on that real quick. Teams have, um, things are on their board. Like when they get offers from teams, it's all on the board and they're ranking them. One t- I've had this conversation yeah. with executives. They'll be on the board. It's like, all right, we have this, 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 which one do we like better? Um, it's always a fun time for sure. Um, but yeah. You usually know within if you, if you really want to pull the trigger, a couple of days before if you feel really good about it and you've done enough due diligence. Um, and I gotta say real quick, one other thing, I think that's why Houston made the move on Christian Wood. I know some people like they couldn't have got a better deal. Da da da, folks. Uh, you know, no offense. What do you think they've been doing for a year? <laughs> what do you think they've been doing for a year? They've been g- gauging the market on him for a year. They could get a late first round pick. That was what it was going to be, most likely. They got it. They got guys that are coming on that team that are all expiring contracts. They're going to save money there, which was they didn't want to take money back on Wood. So they did that. They accomplished it. They knew he wasn't going to be a part of the core long term. They didn't want to pay him. So then at that point, and again, when you've got Paulo Banquero projected to go there, if not him, another big could be Chet Holmgren. I doubt it. But I think it's going to be Paolo Bancaro. You're moving forward. Him yeah. and Jaden, uh, uh, him and Jalen Green are your core. <laughs> so it's like I, I just love how sometimes NBA Twitter has these reactions of like, you know, everybody's a, everybody's a GM, everybody's a Twitter GM, of course. and it, it's it's I and I get it. When I was younger, like I used to look at moves and I used to wonder things. But when you're in it and you're talking to people every day, all the dominoes are lined up, and then they just. They yeah. all fall down in order. The, just, way I,
2: the way I see it, the 30th pick was traded, 26th was just traded. I'm hoping we're moving our way up and we start to get to the good stuff soon. As you guys are listening to this, hey, we're one week out for the draft. So, Michael, just as you said, in the next few days, they are going to be some fun ones.
4: Absolutely, guys. This was a fun one, too. <laughs> we
2: really appreciate you coming on. Hey, recurring guest, always appreciate you. Tell everybody where they could check you out on Twitter and some of the awesome content you have coming up.
4: Sure thing. On Twitter, you can follow me at Mike A. Scotto, M-I-K-E, A is in Anthony, Scotto, S-C-O-T-T-O, just like the lotto. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe to the Hoopside podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. One of the things I've been doing, particularly in the off season, has been getting uh, the top beat writer on each team, and we'll go back and forth. And uh, I think we did about by hopefully before the draft i'm gonna have at least 10 of the 30 teams covered we go really in depth break down as many things as i can the last one on the raptors talked about fred van vliet with the possibility of extension what it would take to get og ananobi off of toronto toronto wanting to keep daddy young chris boucher their markets as well um i try to you know it's like going to the pork store you get a lot of meat in those podcasts so uh Definitely give those a listen. I appreciate all the support and always coming on with you guys. Always a fun conversation and uh, just g- good people at that. So, my pleasure,
3: fellas. Anytime.
2: Hey, we appreciate you. Keep up the awesome work. We'll talk yeah. soon. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Mike.
3: All right, Fachi. So, that was Michael Scotto there with some interesting information on what could happen. But, you know, like he said, a lot of this is just smoke right now. So, we'll kind of get some clarity hopefully next week as the draft gets uh, closer.
2: Honestly, I feel like, as each day goes by, this is where you got to make sure you got those uh, those notifications turned on on Twitter because there could be some woge bombs coming our way any moment so i 'm hoping that we continue to see you know some fun trades, some movement, but you nothing 's going to be settled inside the top ten. It makes no sense to make that type of decision right now when you still have a week to feel better offers so Guys, don't be thinking the Kings are going to trade that fourth overall pick just yet. You know, that's going to come down on the wire.
3: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what's all there. I mean, I've seen some people throw out some three, four-team deals that could make some sense. But it's just, you know, I love a good four-team trade. Yeah. I know
2: you do, but they tend to be more fun than realistic. Yeah,
3: I mean, last year we saw a six-team trade involving Russell Westbrook and all these different teams and all these different you know, players and teams getting involved. But at the end of the day, you know, it's it's more so likely not going to happen that crazy. But we have seen trades in the draft. And everybody keeps, I keep asking everybody, what do you think Jaden is worth? If you're, if you're curious to hear what the fans have to say, I've, I've got some fans that say, don't trade pick six and a bunch of other assets to move up. He's not worth it. And then I've seen a ton of people say, do whatever you got to do to get him. So if you're interested in seeing what the fans have to say, Check out that on my on my Twitter account at Alex Golden NBA. just because I, I just want to know what people think. Because for me, I, I I would probably meet somewhere in the middle between both those and make a decent offer, but I'm I'm not sure exactly the, the complete offer that I would give up to try to move up Flatch.
2: It's really tough. I love the idea of how how much Jay Nivey wants to be in Indiana. Yeah. And as a player, I honestly feel like I put like a 0% chance that he's like a bust by any means or not. Yeah. Like, this man's going to be good. It's just how much do you have to mortgage to, to get the deal done? And I know that's a discussion for another day. But if you're talking like six, Brogdon, 31, and the Cavs pick, like it might not be that much you know, overall because at that point you are trying to get off Brogdon. The Cavs pick could be a mirage. That could end up being two second-round picks when it's all said and done. 31 is a second-round pick, and it's the sixth. This is all just to move up two spots. So it's a deal like that I feel comfortable with. But when you start talking about giving up, like, next year's first, in addition to all of that, it starts to become a lot. So I'm with you. I'm somewhere right in the middle. I, I think that's where a lot of fans are. But, hey, part of that is the fun of just wondering, like, what do we have to do? So, man, I just hope we have the opportunity to flat out just draft them but the idea of him getting past five, it's starting to feel impossible.
3: Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting for sure. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, obviously. But I think any of the players projected between that four, five, and six range, I am going to be happy with whoever the Pacers take. But with that being said, we're going to have an NBA uh, oh, or an updated Pacers big board for you guys next Monday. I think you guys are going to really enjoy that. But Fauci, on Tuesday... We're going to have a different podcast so
2: the people know what's happening on Tuesday for Setting the Pace. On Tuesday, we have none other than the man that we call I-Jax. Isaiah Jackson is making a Setting the Pace debut, and whew, you are not going to want to miss this one. It's going to be a fun one.
3: Yeah, so it'll be a nice change of pace from all the draft talk, but have no fear. We will continue the draft coverage that week. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. We're going to try to throw something together with a draft guide for you guys in terms of what me and Flatchy are looking for, that kind of stuff. Maybe like seven, eight questions, you know, that we'll answer for you guys in terms of this upcoming draft. But we're going to have a ton of draft content for you as we are ramping up and getting closer to that big day when a lot of stuff could happen for the Indiana Pacers. But with that being said, Fachi, let the people know where they can find
2: us at on social media. All right, so you can find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace Three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You could find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You could find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. But Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Absolutely,
3: guys. We want to say thank you so much for all the subscribers. We are so close to 200 subscribers already. So if you haven't already, tell a friend, you know, get on another account and subscribe to that one. Whatever you got to do, we just got to keep getting more subscribers for our YouTube page before we can fully upload the entire episodes. But, um, once we get to that point, hey, be on the lookout. Full episodes could be coming to you on YouTube. But with that being said, find us on YouTube at Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast. If you type in Setting the Pace Pacers, it should show up. So, yeah, you can find us there. we got about seven, eight videos up already. So if you haven't, make sure you check those out, like those videos, and let us know what you think. But, Fachi, we're one week away if you're excited and cannot wait to see what happens for the Indiana Pacers in the NBA draft. Say these three words. Let's
0: go Pacers.